Vince Theology, all Vince Theology. We chop it up properly without an apology. Gotta give doxology to God hollow because this is how we do it at All Things Theology. Yo, 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 grace and peace, grace and peace. Welcome back to another episode of All Things Theology, where I'm your host, K-Dub, and today we're going to talk about should we unhitch from the Bible? Does it matter if the Bible has errors? I mean, does it really matter at all as long as Christ rose from the dead, right? It's Everything's good, okay? Is that what, is that what we should believe? Well, that's what we were told, but before we get into that, guys, make sure you like this video. Subscribe to the channel if you're not, and as always, click the notification bell so you can be aware when I drop content. Toy, it's good to see you. <laughs> yes, yes, wash those dishes, listen to All Things Theology, a great combo. <laughs> um, but yes, um, Anley Stanley, if you are not familiar with him, uh, we will look back at some past material. A couple years ago, he said in a sermon, that, you know, Christians should unhitch from the Old Testament. You know, it's not really ours anyway. It's the Jews, right? Um, you know, <laughs> so we're going to see why we I don't agree with that. Uh, Prime Minister 66, thanks for the super chat. God bless you, man. Yes, Anley Stanley does not want you to like this video. So therefore, you should. <laughs> A few years ago, Anley Stanley got kind of. I don't want to say popular because he still had notoriety. He 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 pastors North Point Church in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, that's that's in Deerwood Christians territory. I'll leave that to him <laughs> to, you know, get kicked out of that service. But, uh, you know, he said a few years ago that, you know, we should unhitch from the Old Testament. And you can really see kind of the evolution of his views. You could. I would be willing to bet just about anything besides my salvation, that Anley Stanley does not really care for inerrancy. And we're going to see why I believe that here in a second. But uh, let's get right into it. We, let's not waste any more of our time. Let's go. So um, here is what might be an uncomfortable. So this was a, you know, just to give some context, this sermon was given last week. And guess what? This week's sermon has already dropped. So there might be a part two to this episode. <laughs> just saying. This sermon was called Investigating Jesus Part One. Somebody had to tell it. That's the sermon title. And uh, he had to tell it. I got to tell it, you know, so we both telling something. But, yeah, we're going to we're going to show why this sermon is going problematic. So let's play it. Question for some of us and um, an interesting and maybe even helpful and surprisingly honest question for others of us. So, guys, listen to this question because I'm going to let it play. It's about a minute long question, but I'm going to let it play. And see if you have some problems with the framing of the question, even. But I don't, I don't, I don't want to give it away. Give it away. Get you know. Let's let's just play it. <laughs> it comes to knowing if there is a God, and if there is a God, what God is like. And when it comes to trying to figure out who God likes, does it really come down to the Bible tells us so? Or so. Uh, let me answer. So. How do we know God like, right? Who's God is like? Is it really dependent on the Bible? Really? I mean, we're too smart for that. I mean, surely we can know God without the Bible. If you guys think I'm joking, 
It says, let's, let's, you know, let's keep paying attention. Any other religious literature tells us so. I mean, we're modern people, rational people. Are we oh, yes. Uh, got a shout out to the Waterloo. The uh, Summerberry. Summerberry. Waterloo. I know the haters are out there. I know the haters are out there. But hold on. Let me back up a little bit. Let me back because he said something I don't want to miss. I don't want you to miss. Because, you know, I don't want to be accused of, you know, misrepresentation. Because, you know, people will try to make that accusation even though you're playing their words. But let's go. Bible tells us so. Or any other religious literature tells us so. I mean, we're modern people, rational people. Are we really expected to believe what we believe or believe anything based on a collection of ancient manuscripts written by potentially dozens of men only um, who didn't even know each other over the course of hundreds and hundreds of years in a world um, without science in the way that we think of modern science and um, in a world where everybody believed in the gods or some kind of God. So we're, 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 we're rational people. Are we, are we to really believe in <laughs> something silly <laughs> like the Bible? And uh, I mean, all, all, all what it has to say, I mean, I mean, are, we're, we're, we're rational people after all. Wow. Shots fired at uh, Christ. And we're going to get there in a second. We're going to get into some scripture as well in this episode. Um, showing how this isn't inconsistent with what Jesus believed. You, you want to know, you want to smoke someone out of Christianity to, to, to let them know, do they really believe the faith that's been once for all handed down? Ask them, huh? You know, whenever they say something you deem as crazy or heretical or not biblical, huh? Do you think your all knowing Lord, omniscient Lord would believe what you just said? I remember asking that question. On a uh, college campus, guy claimed to be a Christian, but he was like, "Oh, uh, there was some. I can't even remember what he, what he, he was espousing, but it was heretical, <laughs> super heretical. So, oh, something to the point of like we shouldn't follow all of the Bible. And what he meant by that was just basic morality, like <laughs> not sleeping with your girlfriend, you know. <laughs> so I was like, "Huh? Do you think your Lord and Savior, omniscient Lord and Savior, uh, believe what you just said?" And he was like, "Yeah, probably not." I was like, "Wait a minute, so." You're going against Jesus. I was like, why do you call yourself a Christian? So I would have the same question to Andy. Hypothetically, I would ask him, do you think Jesus would be willing to throw all of the Bible like you are? I would be very curious. I mean, let's just be honest, all right? Weren't they just making stuff up? Weren't, weren't, weren't the biblical writers just making stuff up? Andy Andy questions, right? They, they had no idea what they were talking about, right? <laughs> Wow. This guy stands up here and throws this to the audience's mind. This is this is this is dangerous. This is scary. We're gonna see why the implications of this are gonna be scarier. I mean, weren't they just guessing? Were they just guessing? I mean, you know, they guess some stuff right, guess some stuff wrong. I mean, does it really matter? Andy leads us in this question, this line of reasoning. Doesn't this sound like something the serpent would say? Did God really say, did, weren't, weren't they guessing? Weren't they guessing here? And if, you know, the, all there is to this is the Bible tells us so, then we shouldn't be surprised. And if all we have is the Bible, I mean, we do have a, a, a shaky foundation or faith. 
right from the pulpit of a popular church. <laughs> the Bible is being attacked. Guys, we don't have, don't worry about the atheists. You have allegedly Christians doing it from the pulpit today. And this is the most time I, 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 <laughs> I really don't see a lot of atheists doing this. Do they? Yes, of course. Most of the time we're defending ourselves against those who claim to be in the faith. This is what Paul had to defend himself against as well. People who claim to be of us, but they're not of us. They they are attacking the faith, attacking the Bible. He's attacking the Bible. He claims, right, that he, right, watch this. He's attacking the very Bible that Jesus said is the word of God. And guess what? All of it. Not all of it. Andy, do you believe that? Do you believe all the Bible is the word of God and uh, therefore does not have error? You should be honest with yourself. Be honest. I mean, if, if in fact the Christian faith balances precariously on the edge of ancient declarations of superstitious men, well then, why not? Why not? <laughs> wow. Wow, yes. Uh, anyone here should run out of here fast. Leave North Point Church. As my man, Dear Woke Christian, has advised, leave the building. Run. Let me ask, how is this supposed to encourage our faith? Oh, the Bible's more, the Bible's uh, not as reliable as I thought. What's the conclusion that should lead someone to believe? Oh, I should actually put, I actually should uh, follow what's in the Bible then. If they come to the conclusion, the Bible's less reliable. See, Andy, you're actually not giving people a foundation to continue in the faith. I know you think you are. I know he calls this grown-up faith. <laughs> he calls this mature faith. And what we got, oh, the, believing the Bible is historically reliable in every point. Oh, that's immature faith. <laughs> he said that in the past. Not in this sermon, but in the past he has. Why not? But as it turns out, and the reason we're talking about this, and maybe this is new, or maybe this is a reminder, or maybe it's just something you've heard before, but you need to hear it again, or maybe it's the thing you've always believed, but you need some more terminology. The, the, the truth is, Christians are not expected to believe what we believe based on a collection of ancient manuscripts written by men who never met each other over the course of hundreds of years in a time when everybody was superstitious and everybody believed in the gods and there was no modern science. <laughs> so you're not supposed to believe everything based on the bible you, you get all your views from the bible we got science today modern science and technology we're smarter you see how condescending this is this is very condescending uh one to the apostles two or matter of fact it should be one to jesus himself imagine jesus sitting in the server of the apostles like you thought Jesus, you thought Jesus made a whip to run the Pharisees out. Just imagine what he would do if he's listening to his sermon, hearing his father's words just belittled, mocked. I expect this from an atheist. I expect for this from people who don't believe in God. Okay, look, that's very consistent. For those who claim they're Christian to just give up the Bible. You don't realize how much your faith is dependent upon that Old Testament, which you're just mocking. And all of scripture in general, but we're going to get there. Foundation of our faith, and we talk about this a lot here. The foundation of our faith 
is far more substantial than that. It's far more sustainable than that. It's it's the faith of Christianity is far more substantial, sustainable than the Bible. Do you hear this? Do you guys hear what he's saying? We have something to use the words of Peter more sure than the Bible itself. That's what Andy's saying. Oh, wow. Wow. I, I mean, am, am, are y'all hearing that too? Uh, is it just me? Is it uh, maybe maybe I'm tripping, guys. Help me out. Help me out because you know, um sometimes I hear things that, you know, may Is it just me? Let me let me take a sip of the Waterloo real quick, man. Mm-hmm. You know, because silly old me, I thought we were to believe Jesus, Jesus. I thought we would have believed in Jesus and what he said. Oh. Yikes. Jesus, Jesus. It's even, as we're going to discover, it's even investigable. Investigable, which is actually a word. I don't like it. I, I like the word investigatable, but as it turns out, that is not actually a word. And the people who keep me between the lines grammatically said, you can't use your word. You have to use the actual word. So this is it. So and the good news is the Christian faith is investigable, which means we are invited to kick the tires and you're invited to ask those hard questions. And as those of us who are Christians, we don't have to look the other way and shrug and go, I don't know, it's a mystery. You know, as soon as we start talking about faith, we just have to take it by faith, which when you say that, even when you think that there's something on the inside of you that says, you know what, that kind of works for me, but it's not working for my son-in-law and it's not working for my daughter and it's not working for the people at work and it's not working for the people who ask me those hard questions, but it's just- Let me stop there because this is a half truth because- there are some many people that in the Christendom who, you know, it's a, it's a mystery. And some things are a mystery, but there are some things that God has revealed and they just don't know. And so they, it's a mystery, right? So a lot of laziness out there where people don't study their Bibles. Uh, thankful for many people who do, right? But what, what does he say? The answers we're giving, it doesn't work for our coworkers, our, our, our friends, our Guys, I didn't know we had to capitulate to the world and give answers they accept. When when did Christianity become, um, you know, our, our worldview has to capitulate to acceptable answers that the pagan, that the, the non-believer will accept. Guess what? The Bible says it's foolishness to those who don't believe. Who cares if they reject it? That's what the Bible says they'll do unless they have faith and repent and trust in Christ. They'll always view it as foolish. So guess what, Andy? What what answer are you giving that the that the unbeliever doesn't deem as foolish? See, because you you're giving them a a, a palatable Christianity. That's what I call it, a Christianity that's more digestible. Because <laughs> and then when you do that, you take away the fundamental things of Christianity. If you do that, a Christianity the world says, hey, this this ain't so bad. This this tastes good. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I I don't get down with some of the stuff, but you know, for the most part, it's it's tasty. Be careful of stripping away Christianity to the unbeliever says, I'll accept it. And they still remain an unbeliever. <laughs> you, see, this is pragmatism. This is pragmatism, Andy, where you're looking for what works. No, Andy. What does the Bible say? 
<laughs> what <laughs> what what's the old uh I, I need to get that sound clip what does the word say the old uh, lady rapper <laughs> what does the word say i like that because that's spot on what does the bible say yes i know you don't like that andy i know i know you don't like that we're going to see more see more from that it's just what you got it's what we were raised with it's you know basically what we were told but the Christian faith does not rise and fall based on the accuracy or the inerrancy of 66 ancient documents that we call books. So the Bible, so Christianity doesn't rise or fall based on the inerrancy of scripture. So, hey, the Bible can be just filled with errors, just like any old book. And hey, it's all good. I mean, how does that make God not a liar since... You know, says it comes from him. Hey, don't worry about that. We don't we don't want to ask those tough questions. You know, Andy. See, I know you think you're trying to rescue the faith so people don't have to defend the tough things in the Bible. Guess what? That you don't like. And you just want to say, hey, that doesn't matter. As long as Christ rose from the dead, it doesn't matter. See, you're actually doing the very thing you're projecting onto other people. Andy, you're the one just saying it's a mystery. <laughs> you see that? Don't worry about all those errors. No, Andy, if the Bible has errors, <laughs> that's that means God's word is a lie. If God's word's a lie, he's a liar. How do you, how, how else would you not come to that conclusion? If God is a liar, Christianity is false. Andy, wake up. Andy. Whew. Sorry, guys. Bible. It rises and falls on the identity of a single individual jesus oh well hold on a second andy hold, hold hold on it rises or falls on one individual that's jesus hold, hold. wait a second who is jesus don't use the bible andy remember that that's not you have something more more sure you have something more sure than the bible so you can't use the bible now you see you see how this comes in the problems because you're going to use biblical language <laughs> But you don't want to you don't want to say you got that from scripture. Jesus didn't do that. Uh, sorry, guys, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just one of those fundamentalists. You know, the Bible says it that settles, settles it. <laughs> Andy mocks that kind of uh, view. Like I say, he, this is Andy is presenting the grown up faith. You know, because guess what? As soon as you talk about who Jesus is, Andy, you're going to have to use the Bible. Is Jesus God, Andy? Don't use the Bible. See, this is what I is when people, oh, I don't need the Bible. Okay. Tell me, tell me about, you know, a certain view. But don't use the Bible. They can't do it. They can't do it. Christianity is not true just because it happened in history. Because guess what? A lot of things happen in history. Amazing, marvelous things happen in history. Not going to steal my own thunder. I'm going to wait for that point. <laughs> Just check it out. There was an event. We talk about this, the resurrection of Jesus. And immediately following the resurrection of Jesus, there was a new movement. It was called. Okay, so l l watch this, guys. An event happened that created a movement. So he's speaking of event, speaking of resurrection. But how does Jesus raising from the dead, that alone, right, with no kind of. Uh, interpretation of what that means means we're supposed to follow him. Guess what? Lazarus raised from the dead. Should we follow Lazarus? 
Paul was ascended. Paul, Elijah, taken up into heaven. <laughs> Amazing. You know why? You know why we don't follow him? Because we have the Bible that interprets all those events. Something amazing happened uh, last month, the Super Bowl game. <laughs> Some people think that's worth documenting and telling about for centuries. <sighs> Let's keep going. The Nazarene sect, it was called the way. Um, it was the ecclesia or the gathering of Jesus that eventually was called the church. And immediately upon these events happening, people who were involved in the story actually documented the events for us. This is where we get the gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and the book of Acts. And all of this happened in the first century. In fact, all of this, it could be argued, I, I would argue persuasively that all of this happened before 70 AD, before the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed so now i know my post-millennial friends will love that one <laughs> but we'll leave that for another point then 35 years or 40 if you stretch it from the time of jesus something happened it started a movement and the movement was documented you know as in written down documented by the people who were part of the movement and then 300 plus years later the first bible was assembled my friends that is not true. That is not true. We did not have our first Bible in the fourth century from 300 to 399. That's, that's not happening. This is what a lot of Catholics, Roman Catholics, would like you to believe, depending on the Roman Catholic. But if you know anything about history, matter of fact, if you just read the Bible, you would know that true. If you would know, if you'd read the Bible, um, because what was Jesus referring to? Oh, yeah, the Bible, you know, in the Old Testament. Now, we didn't have a completed canon yet, but he conflates the two. He conflates, oh, we don't have a completed canon. Therefore, we did not have the Bible. And a matter of fact, what did the people in the second century, right after the apostles, second, third century, did they not know what scripture was? Until this apparent council, no, they knew what scripture was. Go and read anything on church history. Matter of fact, you, you I'll, I'll give you a good uh, source. Uh, 2000 Years of Christ Power by Nick Needham. Great, excellent source. And if you read that, you'll see that there are men referring to the New Testament writings as scripture and Bible and matter of fact, in the New Testament, you have this with Peter calling Paul's on um, writing scripture. So, so what does he mean? No, we had our first Bible in the fourth century. Is is this is historical revisionism at its finest, right from the pulpit in good old Atlanta, Georgia? <laughs> wow, sad. Now. The reason, and we'll talk more about this in just a minute. The reason this is important is this. The story of Jesus is not a Bible story. <laughs> what? Bro, what are you talking about, man? What are you talking about? Oh, yes. Michael Kruger is awesome on the kid. As a matter of fact, I have that work. Um, yes, uh. Canon Revisited. Canon Revisited. That is a must read. 
that is a must read for issues like this that uh he's bringing up but um the the what is what is hold on let me go back what did he say the resurrection isn't a bible story huh huh the story of Jesus or the narrative or the, the life of Jesus is why there is a Bible. Je the story of Jesus is why there is a Bible. Even though we had a Bible before the incarnation, the resurrection of Christ. Huh? Huh? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Maranatha. Lord, come quickly. Uh, wh what? <laughs> yes, I like what in the apostasy? <laughs> what are you talking about, Andy Stanley? <sighs> We're going to see why this is important. I, just stare, bear with me because there's a Bible text that Jesus says that disproves all this. Jesus is the reason for the Bible. So when we were growing up, somebody gave us the Bible, and there's all kinds of story about David and Goliath, oh, that's so cool. And then a story about a Red Sea, that's so cool. And then you get to the parts about Jesus, and I'm not even not sure I understand that, but the miracles, you know, that's so cool. And, and before we know it, the, the story of Jesus is a Bible story. It's a story in the Bible. You need to understand, if there had been no resurrection, there would have been no church. And if there was no church, there was nobody to document the story of the resurrection because the resurrection never happened. Apart from the resurrection of Jesus, there is no Bible. And as we're going to see, the he presents the Bible as this disconnected, disjointed, convoluted book of stories. <laughs> see, Andy Stanley needs some. And that's biblical theology. Andy Stanley needs some biblical theology, guys. If, if you want to see the connectedness of the Old Testament to the resurrection of Christ, go and listen to the interview I did with Timothy Brindle. It will enrich your soul. Trust me. For those who heard it, I'm sure they can testify to that. But maybe, maybe right now will be a good time to look at a certain text. Okay? Hope you guys don't mind. Luke 24, speaking of Timothy Brindle, <laughs> um, Luke 24, let me start at verse 24. Um, some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as women had said, but him they did not see. Verse 25, and he said to them, this is Jesus speaking, O foolish ones, slow of heart to believe. All that the prophets have spoken. No, no, notice, notice what Jesus says. No, what would what would Jesus say to Andy? Uh, he would say, "Slow, oh, foolish one, first, right, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken." Not not just the resurrection. See, Andy wants this. The only thing Christianity is to be about is the resurrection. Why, we're going to see why this is troubling. Jesus said, was it not necessary, necessary <laughs> that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? Verse 27, and beginning, beginning with Moses, meaning uh, the, uh, yeah, the first five books of, of the Bible. That's what Jesus is referring to. And beginning with Mo Moses 
and all the prophets. He interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. My friend, um, Andy, to those who are um, members of North Point Church, one, I feel sorry for you. Two, the resurrection was prophesied long ago in the Old Testament. So we can't just dismiss all this. We can't just dismiss all this because what does Jesus say? It points to him. So guess what, Andy? All the things you view as erroneous, you know, potential errors in them, you get rid of that. What do we know about the resurrection? See, this is this is so problematic. So problematic. But uh, verse 44, he says something similar. These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. So guess what, Andy? You just want to unhitch from all this. You want to get rid of all this, say it's errors in it. Guess what? Can there be errors concerning the resurrection of Christ? Huh, Andy? Woo. Ah, man, I, I don't want to give answers for that on Judgment Day. Bible only became a collection of these extraordinary ancient documents because of what happened in the church in the 300 years following the first century. I would argue the resurrection um, happened or because he's saying, well, if we didn't have a resurrection, then there'd be no Bible. OK, that's a <laughs> uh, what do you call this? That's a impossibility. Because God prophesied, it was in his uh, plan and his decree and his will for it to happen. So I, I, I reject the premise from the start. So if even one of, if even one of the gospels or the accounts of Jesus. Guys, listen to this. Listen to this. Hold on. Let me go back. Watch this. because Guys, are you, are you sitting down? Are you sitting down? Because you need to be. In the 300 years following the first century. So if even one of, if even one of the gospels or the accounts of Jesus' life is true, then you need to lean in. Okay. Enough. So all, all we need is one. Not, not even all. <laughs> If one are true, John could be a lie, but we got Matthew. Oh, boy. Do, do you guys really think he believes in the errancy of Scripture? <laughs> Not with that. that. Here's my point. This is, this is a point for the day, but it's such a big, 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 big deal, especially if you're struggling with faith or moving in the direction of faith or you're about to turn your back, okay? Luke is not... Moving in the direction of faith? I don't even know what that means, but sorry, I writing the Bible. Luke didn't have any idea there would ever be a the Bible. Luke wasn't writing the Bible. Luke had no idea there would be a Bible. But let, let's say that's true. That's irrelevant. God did. So yes, God, I thought ultimately, God was the author of scripture. Does, does Andy believe that? 
because it sounds what he, it sounds like what Andy believes about scripture is it is mere human documents that are generally reliable. Generally reliable, you know, sometimes, you know, they get some some stuff wrong. It sounds like what he believes. But God didn't author it. Yes, that's we're, we're rationalists. What did he say in the beginning? We, we have science, technology. Those were men. They were just guessing. Right. And then what he said, Luke didn't know if his document would survive the first century. Luke. God did. God did. Who cares? <laughs> no idea if anyone would read it other than the person he's writing it for. God did. You see how rationalistic, humanistic, man-centered this is? Did God know, Andy? Did he preserve the word which he inspired? Huh. He's not writing the Bible. The gospel of Luke isn't part of the Bible. The gospel of Luke is something that, as we're going to discover in a few minutes, was included in the collection of documents that was eventually titled the Bible. The, the gospel of Luke was, wasn't written to be in the Bible, but it was merely included. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so when did God decide to inspire Luke? Later? Hundreds of years afterwards? 300 years after? That's very interesting, Andy. Troubling view. Troubling view. Because of what this story contained, when it was written, who wrote it, and what it said about Jesus. Luke was documenting the life and teaching of Jesus. Which so he, it seems like what he's saying is, well, um, it should be, it should be included because it documented the story. It just sounds like fairy tale when he says it like that. But anyways, it documented the story of Jesus. Okay. Um, so does Josephus works, Josephus works. Sorry. Should we include that in the canon? It talks about Jesus. Oh, boy. This is so important. We shouldn't take Luke seriously because it's in the Bible. We shouldn't take the gospel of Luke seriously because it's in the Bible. Luke's account, Luke's account of the life of Jesus was written 300 years before the Bible was assembled. False. We've already destroyed that. There was a Bible in Jesus's day. That's that. This is absurd. And you notice he said, don't take the Bible serious because it, or don't take Luke serious because it's in the Bible. Why should we take it serious? Listen. Bold, as we said a minute ago. So Luke's account, this is important. His account of the life of Jesus didn't become reliable when it was placed in the collection of documents we call the Bible. Luke's account, Luke's account of the life of Jesus was included in the Bible because Luke's account was considered reliable. This is so important. When it was written. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but generally reliable documents. So what? Somewhat. <laughs> I'm struggling with this view because it's so absurd because just because something's true doesn't make it canonical or inspired right i mean somebody can narrate an event on the sunday service and doesn't mean it should be canonical 
So the reason why it's because here's the fundamental issue. God determines canon, not man. Now, you sound more Roman Catholic on this view than Protestant or, you know, biblically speaking. <laughs> and it's why we need to pay attention. And it's why if you're starting to deconstruct your faith, I'm telling you all the things that have fascinated you that you've now lost your fascination with when it comes to faith, it really comes down to the gospels. It comes down to one gospel. And for the next few weeks, it's gonna come down to the gospel of Luke. All right, so if you're deconstructing from your faith, I got something that'll help you. <laughs> Don't worry about all the, all the gospels, just all you need is one. All you need is one, and that's Luke. Wow. I guess how I don't see how this sermon is supposed to help anyone that's deconstructing. I, I'm thinking if if I'm struggling with my faith, if I was a rationalist, humanistic like him, and I heard someone saying, "Well, the Bible isn't that reliable," a Christian pastor admitting that, I probably would have walked up out of there and never returned to church again. I'm I'm just this this would not help me. <laughs> this would not help someone who's losing their faith, who's deconstructing. Right. We've talked about that on past on this uh, uh, this this show deconstructing. Right. <sighs> so as we wrap up this first in the series, I want to leave you with this. If you choose and it's your choice, if you choose not to follow Jesus because it's inconvenient, I get that because it is. Following Jesus will require something of you and following Jesus will require something from you. It's gonna require you to forgive people who don't deserve to be forgiven. It's gonna require you to forgive people and you're gonna feel like you're giving them a gift after they've already taken something from you. Following Jesus is gonna require you to be less selfish, less full of yourself. Um, it's it uh, Less reliant on yourself, <laughs> yes. Uh, apply that to your view of scripture, I'll say that. There are times when it's going to be so extraordinarily inconvenient. So it's going, to, it's going to cost you some money. Jesus said more about money than just about anything, way more than he said anything about heaven, because Jesus knew that where your treasure is, that's where your heart is, and Jesus is after your heart. So if you follow Jesus, hang on to your purse and hang on to your checkbook. It's going to cost you when you decide to follow Jesus. And if you decide to follow Jesus, it's going to cost you some time, because Jesus says that he, we are his body. And as part of his body, there are things we have to do and get to do for each other and for the world. So yeah, if you decide I'm not following Jesus, that takes too much time, it's too costly, it's too inconvenient. That is a somewhat valid reason not to follow Jesus. However, if you choose to follow Jesus, it will eventually make your life better and it will make you better at life. That's a guarantee. Um, I, I hear his point, but even that isn't a valid reason. I mean, Romans 1, there's no... No one will be able to give up a good excuse, an excuse, right? God's not going to be like, you know what? That's a valid reason. I demanded too much from you. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. But no, that's still not a valid reason. If it's too inconvenient, I get that. That is somewhat of a valid reason not to follow Jesus. But please, please, please don't choose not to follow Jesus because you don't think there's anything to the story of Jesus. Because no, notice he, he, he doesn't want to say the Bible. He wants the, the, the story, the event of Jesus. This isn't a children's book. This isn't uh, 
Someone said, is this a sermon? Sadly, <laughs> sadly, don't choose to follow Jesus because you don't think there's anything to the story. <sighs> in spite of what you heard in college and in spite of what you've heard in culture, there is. So if you don't wanna follow Jesus because it's inconvenient, you're right, it's inconvenient. But don't give up on following Jesus because you don't think there's anything to the story of Jesus until you personally, as an adult, investigate the story for yourself. Because the only good reason, really. What, what, so, Andy, I, I like what you just said. You, you, you're, you're telling people to investigate into this, right? I like that, I like that. But what do you do when they start go reading all these stories, quote unquote, and they see, wow, Jesus seems to talk about the Old Testament a lot. And I don't I don't know if I I like that. Jesus seemed to believe all of the Old Testament, Andy. And we're, we're rationalists, right? We can't believe any of that. They were making it all up. And Jesus seems to think that was good. And. He agreed with it, and huh? What do you what do you, what do you do then, Andy? What will be your pastoral counsel for one who says, "Why does Jesus believe all this?" We're rationalists. We got science. We got technology. We're we're preaching on a you know TV screen. We're 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 smart, right? We're smarter than them. Huh? Not to follow Jesus isn't that the Bible isn't true. Oh, this is a great comment. This is a great comment. <laughs> Did he just destroy the good news and then try to make a case against giving up on the faith? I'm confused. <laughs> that is an excellent, uh, uh, you know, statement, uh, analysis. He mocked the, uh, the scriptures and then wants to tell people, well, you should only believe in Luke. Wait, wait, wait a second. What? Why Luke? Why only Luke? And again, this, you know what this view is called, guys? This is why I'm a big proponent of uh, church history. But this view is called Martianism. Yes, Martianism. Martian, Martian uh, was a, I believe, an early church Gnostic. And he believed that the God of the Old Testament was different than the God of the New Testament. Therefore, he wanted to edit out the Old Testament. He's he 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 unhitched that's a good term he unhitched from the old testament and then he edited a lot of new testament documents just like andy stanley's doing guys this is nothing new nothing new from church history nothing new under the sun nothing new guys study this stuff because you'll know hey this this is uh oh wow wow kiana i didn't know this she says, I basically got kicked out of a small group for questioning Andy Stanley. That sounds about right. You guys want to know something funny? Andy Andy Stanley follows me on Twitter. <laughs> a couple years ago when all the unhitched stuff came out, um, I, I messaged him and it was like, yo, what's up with all this? And he kind of seemed annoyed that I was even questioning him. So that's kind of uh, funny you would say that. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, let me... Hold on, let me uh let me make sure my spelling's right because someone's saying, is that how you spell it? No, this is how you spell it. Uh 
M-A-R-C-I-O-N-I-S-M. So yes. Um, yes, Martianism. This is what Andy Stanley is presenting. Early church heresy. <laughs> so yes, know your history. This, know the story of church history. Yes, as Andy would like to say it. It's that you decide that Luke isn't trustworthy. That many people did not endeavor to tell and record. Oh, I got to say this. Because he wants to make a difference between the Bible versus Luke. You don't got to trust the Bible. Just, just believe Luke. It's a distinction without a difference, Andy. It's a distinction without a difference. The story of Jesus. That he did not carefully investigate every. It's like saying, hey, uh, I'm not going to take you in a ride in my car. But I will take you in my Ford Focus. <laughs> it's a distinction without a difference. <laughs> okay, fine. Same thing. That he did not talk to the eyewitnesses. That he didn't actually know Peter. And he didn't actually know James, the brother of Jesus. That he didn't carefully investigate everything from the beginning. But if you read it, and you read the book of Acts, you may be convinced. You may be convinced of this. That 2,000 years ago, something extraordinary happened. Something great happened 2,000 years ago. Something great. Okay. Uh, something great happened, uh, you know, 1990. You know, I was born, you know, so <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't. <laughs> something great happened. I mean, someone will say like, hey, something great happened in the 60s. And, uh, you know, like I said, two months ago, the Super Bowl. So what? Was it prophesied? Was God inspired scripture to tell about these things? Like I said, he, he doesn't want to make a connection with the, with the scripture. Something extraordinary for you and for your family and for us and for our culture and for our country and for every single generation. The story of Jesus had to be told and Luke chose to tell it. Very interesting, but we're not done. We're not done because where is this stuff coming from? Because oh, I was I was doing some research. Oh, and by the way, there might be a part two to this episode that you're listening to because he's going to continue on down this down this line of reasoning, and so he's going to provide more evidence for why you shouldn't trust the Bible. I guess you know, but. Um, a few years ago, he was on the Unbelievable podcast with uh, Jeff Durbin. Some of you guys may remember this. We're going to take a look at some things he said. And that's where you really starting to see a lot of this come out. Um, a lot of his distrust of the scripture. He doesn't want to say the Bible says or God's word says. He wants to say Luke said. Okay. Um, so let's look at that. That it well, I, I, we know that there was no the Bible the way we think of the Bible in terms of all of this scripture mapped and wrapped and collected and protected. I mean, the, the history of how we got our Bible is extraordinary. It's the, it, it, you, there's no way to explain it other than supernatural intervention from my perspective. But for, you know, the first 380 years or so, the, the church 
In fact, the church accomplished more before there was a, the Bible than the next 300 years in terms of even surviving temple and empire. And I've heard. See, he, he, he has in four years, he has not learned and been corrected or correctable. There was a Bible. And I know many people have pointed this out to them. It was not the full canon. Of course, they're still living in the time of revelation. How would, how could there be a full canon when the canon is still being written? So he, it, why, I don't know why he would expect us to have 66 books during the time of Jesus day. Well, why would they? That, that, that's, that's, that's absurd to, position to hold to. So I'm um, Jeff talk about some of that before. So, um, I, I'm not, I mean, I'm not discounting the Bible. I'm just saying the foundation of our faith is not a text. The foundation of our faith is an event. Paul. Uh, uh, so I'm not attacking the Bible, <laughs> but, but our foundation of the faith is not the Bible. It's an event. Well, that event is in, in the scripture. Guess what, Andy, you would not know or th know the importance of the resurrection if it wasn't for the Bible. Because guess what? Just saying that a man rose from the dead does not mean you should go and follow that person. Not alone. But it was prophesied. Guess what? From the very Old Testament scriptures you don't like and don't want to defend. From there. That's why. That's why it's important. Hold on a second. Yeah. So. But he, he doesn't want to put the foundation of the faith on scripture. Just an event. Something happened. Something. He did something great. Again, Lazarus rose from the dead. Oh, so just follow people who raised from the dead in history. <laughs> All right. That's your view, not mine. That there, there would be no. In other words, when Luke at the beginning of his gospel says, this is amazing. Many. Think about this. Many have endeavored to write an account of the events that happened among us. Many. How many people are going to endeavor to write the accounts of my life? Not many. Okay. So there, something happened. There was an explosion of interest. They're doing their best to document it. Uh, miraculously enough, we have four accounts of the life of a, you know, a, Na a Nazarene rabbi. I mean, the whole thing's extraordinary. And something new began because of the event of the resurrection that gave and where we all agree extraordinarily new context and, and um you know fuel and um interest in the jewish scripture gentiles did not take the jewish scriptures that seriously until they began to take a particular jew seriously jesus so that's not even true you had many <laughs> uh gentiles who were following following the old testament but like i said i don't want to make a big point on that either but let's keep it going again again we get it all at one time i'm not discounting the inerrancy infallibility inspiration or importance in fact again the person who who taught me this wrote and edited the book inerrancy he yeah but uh and i think he's talking about norman geisler i think that's who he's referring to um but yeah i don't i'm not i don't believe you believe in the anterior scripture because you wouldn't discount it if you really trusted in it like you're not doing here, you're, you're dis discounting it. So there, there's no there's no space. Um, it's just a matter of what do we want to tether people's faith to? And I 
believe we need to tether their faith to the event that took the coward Peter and John and the guys that ran off to the, you know, brought them. We find them in the book of Acts, staring down the barrel of the very people who crucified yeah. Jesus. And they were amazed. At so he, he wants to tether their faith, not to the Bible, but to an event. Let me let me read a verse that uh goes completely against this. Uh, is it Second Peter? Uh, I, I know I refer to this a lot, so some of you guys are gonna be like, "You love that verse, don't you?" Yes, I actually I actually do really like this verse. Um, Second Peter, uh, chapter one, verses seventeen. It says, "For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was born to him." By the majestic glory, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven. For we were with him on the holy mountain. So Peter's referring back to the, uh, the um, what do you call it? The, wow, what, why did I forget? Uh, I think it's in, is it Matthew 17? The transfiguration, sorry, slipped my mind. Uh, Peter's referring back to the transfiguration uh, in verse 17 through 18, you know, an event, a great event. <laughs> what do you know? But what does Peter say? On which one is to be more trusted? And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed. Some versions say more sure. I love that. I like more sure. To which you would do well to pay attention. Oh, wait, pay attention. Hey, Andy Stanley, this is you. This is you. As to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in the heart. Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man. Hey, Andy. But men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So this is speaking of all the scripture, Andy. You want the event, but not the scripture. Peter, who saw the event, experienced the event, trusted more in the more sure word. Be like Peter, Andy. You know, their boldness. So. The pressure is not on us to defend everything in the Bible. In, in terms of, if, again, if we're having a conversation with somebody who will give us enough time to even have these conversations, which we all know is rarer and rarer. The, the issue is, and here's where we all agree, the issue is who is Jesus? And Yeah, th yeah, that is a good, who is Jesus? That, who is Jesus? But Andy, you have to go to the Bible for that. Not just history. History does not tell you why Jesus rose from the day from the from the grave and why it wasn't important. It doesn't tell you that. The Bible does, Andy. See, you want to take people's trust out of the Bible. Which is a bad thing to do, by the way, because it is the uh, more sure word. More sure word. He's saying we need to tether it to Jesus, which is true. Yes, that is true. But Jesus who? Jesus in the Bible. Yes, that's the that's the issue. That's the issue. He doesn't want to. Um, oh, that's good. I'm hearing a lot of good stuff about the second Peter one passage. Help me a few years when coming out of the NAR. Wow, that's that's great. Amen. Yeah, so. History does not tell you who Jesus is. The Bible does. And that's what we can appeal to. If I mean, that, that's it. That's the most important question anybody can ask. Who is Jesus? And 
you know, I, that's where it begins. And once that question settled, honestly, I don't care if they become Calvinist or covenant or dispensational. I, I don't really care. I just want people to embrace the fact that Jesus, Paul said it, he died on the cross for sin and was buried. He, you know, rose from the dead. Whoa. So that's the, wait, 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 Andy. That's, that's Paul though. That's, that's, that's Bible. That's not for one. That's not Luke <laughs> as uh, we kind of, he has kind of like a hierarchical Luke canon. But yes, that's that's Bible. That's Bible, Andy. That's what scripture says. You know, what Peter said that Paul's writings is scripture. That's Bible. We're not don't tether people to that. So like I said, this is this is where you know what what did he talked about earlier? We we have a mystery. People don't think about these things. Yeah, you know, I I've thought about them. I'm and I've been influenced by a lot of people who thought about them as well. And it's a position I take. Would you be able to defend this in a debate? Or I don't think you would be. And then how we organize it, how we um, categorize it. Those are interesting conversations to have. But I think. <laughs> yes. Uh, Jesus, the Spanish soccer player. I mean, who who, who is this Jesus we're referring to? <laughs> you know, we all we agree is. How do we get people to engage yeah. in that conversation and arrive at the conclusion that Jesus is who the Apostle Paul yeah. believed Jesus was? Uh, sort of on ramp to, to faith, for but, sure. But, but it, what I'm getting though is that, in your view, for a post-Christian society where there may yeah, be very, you can't start with the Bible says the Bible. I mean, you can. The Bible says the Bible says the Bible says. But here's the thing: everybody else now knows what else the Bible says. It, it... So <laughs> he says, "Well, you can't really say what the Bible says." Uh, well, and then he says, well, you can, but then the world will know what the Bible says. And what is his point by that? I believe, I, I think he's going to go on to say it, but, um, <laughs> I think he's going to go on to say kind of like, well, now the world knows what the Bible says and kind of pick at it and tear it apart and alleged contradictions here. And now they get to scrutinize thy faith. So what Christianity from its inception has been involved with critically analyzing the faith. Andy, you're the one who wants the mystery and just don't want to talk about the other stuff. You're the one. You you accuse the fundamentalist Christians uh, to do that. Bro, I appreciate your channel, but this is intellectually dishonest. You understand the point he's trying to make and he's not wrong. Well, yes, I do understand the point he's making and he is wrong. I don't know if you've been watching the whole video, but he's literally saying we shouldn't trust the Bible. We shouldn't trust the resurrection because the Bible says so. He's he literally in the beginning of this says, who cares if it's got errors in it? And that that's OK. So I'm not really sure how long you've been here for the discussion. But I I am correct in that. I mean. Like I said, if it. I don't know if you share his view that, um, you know, it's it's all about the event of Jesus and not what the Bible says. I don't know if you take that view like Andy, but I believe it doesn't even coincide with what Scripture says. It's so now I'm beginning to spit and match on the six day creation, young earth, old earth, Levitical law, homosexuality. I mean, it's like, oh, gosh, you know, we're so he doesn't want the Bible to be quoted to pagans because. Now I have to actually defend the stuff that the Bible teaches. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I get it. 
but this is where we have to do the grown-up faith. Remember, Andy, you were saying that earlier? Not the mystery stuff. <sighs> the issue is who is Jesus? That's the issue. And if you get that straight, the dominoes start falling and, um, you know. Yes, but we get that we get that straight because of what the Bible says. So, yeah. Directions for the most part. I think the only way we can get there, Andy, is by saying the Bible says. No. That's right. So, oh, so for, um, uh, hold on, who was it? Disrupted Faith, who said I was, uh, you know, misrepresenting him. Just listen to this section right here. Listen, because this is very important. Dominoes start falling in, um, you know, good directions for the most part. I think the only way we can get there, Andy, is by saying the Bible says. No, we, we don't. So, nope. Don't say the Bible says. Andy says, don't say the Bible says. But I'm misrepresenting him. All right, we'll keep going. Well, say that. If I, if I could finish the thought, the Bible says that Jesus rose again from the dead. That's no, how it actually know. doesn't say that. That's how you the Bible doesn't say, he says, the Bible doesn't say Jesus rose from the dead. But before you guys fall out of your chair, <laughs> watch it, it. Like I said, it's the distinction without the difference that Andy equivocates on. But watch. No, Jesus rose from the dead because the biblical witness gives you that testimony that Jesus rose from the dead. You just changed terminology, which is a very subtle but important shift in terminology. I, I didn't. Uh, that Bible is where you get the message that Jesus rose again from the dead. Both no, it's it's not. <clears throat> well, explain so that, Andy. Where, where explain that. Well, what do you mean by saying the Bible doesn't say that Jesus rose from the dead? <laughs> because the Bible doesn't say anything. <laughs> the Bible doesn't say anything. Interesting. But, but watch. Watch this. John did. Moses did. David did. So... John did. It's like I said, it's, this, it's a distinction without a difference. But notice, it, again, most of the times when uh, Jesus would speak, he would refer to, thus saith the Lord, or God has spoken. You, you see that all the time in the Bible. But he wants to keep the Bible at a very human level. Yeah, Moses. Yes, Moses did write it, but <laughs> there's a supreme author, right, according to the scriptures. So this is this is not a. The Bible, because, yeah, he, Andy is embarrassed by the totality of all the Bible. So where he wants to say, because he doesn't want to have to defend everything Moses said, as long as long as he can just defend one thing, the resurrection. But even he doesn't want to defend that biblically because, like I said, he throw out all the stuff that pertains and points to that. Luke 24. Bible. Paul did, but it was only in the Bible once it got put in the Bible. Here's a way of thinking about it. That's incoherent. Because a lot of people, well, I think, have then assumed <laughs> you're also saying that about. I like that. That's incoherent. Yes, that is incoherent. That is very incoherent. To try to make a distinction between John and the Bible. Old Testament. The Old Testament is somehow a, a, you know, an old thing. It's obsolete. The... Right. Is there a blank Bible I've never heard of? I, I, I'm sure there may be. <laughs> Maybe he's never read that Bible. I don't know. But the Bible does say stuff. 
The Bible does say many things. Because guess what? That's where God speaks, Andy. You know, you know, the one that says, right, what, 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 we, what did we just read? Men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. That Bible, Andy, do you believe that about the Bible? Or do you just believe the Bible doesn't say anything? We don't kind of need to worry about or think about it anymore. Well, the word obsolete is, as you know, is not original with me. So I, who would say that? Um, only the author of Hebrews. But, but hold on. I, I want you guys to go. <laughs> let's because uh, you got to get his point. What he's trying to say. Uh, listen to the question being asked of uh, Andy. Way of thinking about it. That's incoherent. Because a lot of people, well, I think, have then assumed you're also saying that about the Old Testament. The Old Testament is somehow a, a, you know, an old thing. It's obsolete that we don't kind of need to worry about or think about it anymore. Well, the word obsolete is, as you know, is not original with me. So I, who would say that? Um, only the author of Hebrews. But anyway. <laughs> so Andy is trying to say the Old Testament is obsolete. Let's let's listen to this one one more time. One more time. One more time. Let's listen. Because a lot of people, well, I think, have then assumed you're also saying that about the Old Testament. The Old Testament is somehow a, a, you know, an old thing. It's obsolete that we don't kind of need to worry about or think about it anymore. Well, the word obsolete is, as you know, is not original with me. So I, who would say that? Um, only the author of Hebrews. But anyway. Hebrews 8.13. And speaking of a new covenant, he makes the first one obsolete. And what is becoming obsolete and growing away is ready to vanish away. Andy, it's, it's not speaking of Genesis through Malachi is becoming obsolete. That is not what is in view here. But Andy says yes. God, apparently Andy is saying um, the Old Testament scriptures are now obsolete. And vanished away. We don't need it. That makes no sense in light of scripture. In light of the New Testament. Why are they quoting all this stuff? If you actually go and read. Um, you know. Hebrews 8. It's speaking of the. A better covenant. As far as that the one given with Moses. Not better scriptures. It's, that's not what's being talked about. Like I said. Anyone. Read just read through Luke 24, uh, starting from like 20 to the rest of the read, read the whole chapter, honestly. Um, yes, how could we make sense? How could we make sense of the New Testament without the Old Testament? It's oh, so dependent upon it, you know. But, but yeah, when you don't, when you don't want to defend the superiority. You know, when you don't want to offend the Bible, this is what you become. Not mature Christianity. You 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 get liberalism. That's what you get in. This is what I want to tell Andy. Why you always lying? Why you why you lying, man? All this was a lie. You know, because guess what? On channels like this, and you know, people like Rick Caldwell, smart Christian channel. Um, there's many, yeah, how do you banish the Bible? <laughs> uh, many uh, Christian YouTubers who will cause people to think about it.
think about it, right? Like, we, we, you know, he accused, uh, you know, these fundamentalist Christians of just being, oh, it's a mystery. It's faith when it comes to, you know, answering, uh, you know, alleged contradiction in the Bible. You, many of you guys have been listening to this channel and that's my, my go to answer when I can't answer it, answer something. <laughs> you know what my go to answer or when I can't answer something, what do I do? I investigate. I study it. I read some books of theologians who who have existed who have existed long before me who've studied much more than us when our smartphones and our tablets right we think we know everything because of that I I study the issue I take time I don't allow a alleged contradiction to disturb me because I know there's an answer I just need to find it I just need to find it and that's been true and true every time, guys, when I, you know, I was reading, I've been, I was reading the Bible and I was just like, man, I don't know how this makes sense in light of this. I, I read someone and I'm like, oh, wow, they, they answered that for me greatly. And it makes total sense in light of that. And so guys, when alleged, an alleged contradiction, I, yes, I call them alleged. When an alleged contradiction is, is thrown in your face, don't be so quick to be scared and have your faith crumbled? No. Be patient. Be in a Berean. That, that is the time to be in a Berean. Right? Say, you know what? I'll, uh, I'll look it up. You know? Or I'll ask a question. What do you mean by that? What do you, what do you mean by that? You know? That's always an important question to ask, you know? <laughs> you know? And so, um, Study, man. You know, I know you got the charismatics who think God's revealing every everything to them, but no. <laughs> Study to show thyself approved. You know, um, it takes it takes digging. I like the uh, quote from uh, John Piper who says, "If you rake, you'll get leaves, but if you dig, you'll get diamonds." Right. Um, so, and that's all. All that is to say is, hey, sometimes it's you may have to. Just, you know, your little two minute devotional from Jesus calling. <laughs> well, by the way, get out of that book if that's what you are doing. You may have to read a commentary, right? You may have to, hold on, yeah, right there. You may have to read books like this that are thousands of pages to, you know, that may stretch your mind, stretch your faith. You know, uh, <laughs> By the time you get done reading, you know, you're you're saying things like help me, help me, you know, it's just. You know, you ever been studying something, been so racking the brain, and you're just help me, help me, God. <laughs> I know I'm not the only one. I know I'm not the only one. So, um, yeah, it it, it it takes work. It takes work. In this studying and um you know it takes time <laughs> takes time as well you know uh it's not not in not just in like i said i i think the charismatics have <laughs> uh you know hurt a lot of people uh <laughs> i like this comment jesus calling is good kindling for a fire i <laughs> Uh, good yeah yeah make good and big books great again yeah 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 definitely brother uh 
Yeah, man. And so, um, yeah, it's, hey, I recommend reading people who are smarter than you, listening to people smarter than you. You know what? Uh, <laughs> I like this comment. I doubt you are the kind of channel that attracts Jesus calling readers. <laughs> hey, I, 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 I think the same, but um, you never know. You never know, right? <laughs> Just in case they are, you know, it's time to grow from the baby. You know, you got to get off that baby theology. You know what I mean? It's, it's time to grow up in the word, you know. Um, you know, you got to read books that are stretch your mind, you know, get you from. You know, the, you get you off the milk. You know, it's it's time to grow up in the faith. You know, you can't be looking like this. Look, if you are looking like me, if you are looking like this right now, <laughs> it's time to grow up. You know, some people have been saved 50 years and look like this. You, If you look like this spiritually, something's wrong with you. You know, I got something to say about it. <laughs> yeah, you got to grow up. You got to grow up. <laughs> as long as they say what you want. No? <laughs> okay. I think you're just a little upset about the Andy stuff, so I'll let that one slide. Um, so, yeah, we have to grow up. Someone said, oh, snap, what happened? <laughs> yeah, it's, you got to grow. You, it's, you can't be the baby. If you are baby K-Dub looking like that, you 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 um, you doing something wrong. Spiritually, you're a mess. You should not be looking like that at 30 years old in the faith. <laughs> I'm just going to say. <laughs> right. So, hey, I, I, I do want to do a uh, podcast. <laughs> I like this comment. <laughs> The real the baby <laughs> that would crack me up. Yeah, yeah um, I do want to do a podcast just going over some uh, book recommendations, some books I have, some books that have. <laughs> Will someone baptize that baby? Hey, not this Baptist. <laughs> so someone said I look like Stephen A. in that filter. I, I I could do a pretty good Stephen A. impression. I could do a pretty good Stephen A. impression. Matter of fact, I do have a video dropping. I'm gonna drop it tomorrow, doing an impression. I won't tell you guys. You guys know I'm, you know, y'all know I'm Boom Baptist. So I can't be doing that, man. <laughs> Sprinkling the babies. <laughs> but I do want to do a uh, podcast, just uh, doing some book recommendations, uh, recommending some books of mine, going through kind of my library here. And this is just, this is just the closet library. <laughs> uh, I have a bigger library in the front room, and so this isn't even. This is probably, this isn't even like one fifth of the books I have. And so that's not to brag or anything, but my wife is an avid reader as well. And so, hey, uh, the women and women love theology too. So I'm all for it. So I appreciate those who watch this channel. And I think that'll be something helpful. Just recommending books. I'm sure you won't be able to buy them all in one day, you know, but, but man, just read a lot, a lot of the stuff I've gained the knowledge of. Um, it's just, just from, just from reading people who were older than me, guess what? Some of these books are from like the 1500s and, you know, 1600s, 1700s. And, uh, you know, I've just learned a lot from men who, you know, didn't know me. I didn't know, you know, I don't, didn't know them personally, but I've learned a lot from them. Um, and so hope you guys and 
you know what? In light of the baby, let me let me do this again. <laughs> In light of the baby, we're going to end it like this. How about this, y'all? You guys know how we do it. Until the next time. Grace and peace. Grace and peace. Grace and peace.